Welcome to the AT. Oh, we got to record. Fuck. No, we're recording. We're good. Ah! How's it going, guys? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the ATB Fantasy Show. This show is part of the ATB podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me today is a very special guest, Mr. Chris Sims of Hit, of the Hit Stick Fantasy Show. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. How's it going? I'm doing well, man. Uh, Chris, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at Hit Stick Chris, and you can find my show at Hit Stick Fantasy on Twitter as well. Awesome, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Guys, again, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. So, Chris, I know you're new to the show, and I'm not sure if you know uh, know about this or not, but in honor of our former host, Rich Maletto, a.k.a. Bodacious Beer, there on Twitter, we cannot start the show without uh, my personal favorite question. Uh, what you drinking? Well, I, I actually am a little bit familiar because I have been uh, I'm a new listener, so I've been keeping up. Mm-hmm. I am drinking it. Uh, it's a kind of a local brewery around us. I, I'm in a, well, we're in the Ohio area, but it's okay. Market Garden. It's called Frosty. Oh, okay. and it's it's pretty good. It's like a, it's a tangerine line wit beer. I don't know. I don't know. It's, oh, really? it's beer to me. It's all beer to me, but it's, <laughs> it's good. I like that combination of flavors. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I recommend it if it's if you have a chance to get um I don't know if you're like what a beer head or not, you like to try like different beers and stuff like that, but it's it's one of the better ones that I've tried. So Martin, you know, I'm not sure how you're gonna feel about my drink of choice. I won't be surprised if you leave the pot immediately, but what are your thoughts on seltzer waters? Um, well, my thought is that's my backup drink. So Oh really? Okay. Your <laughs> yeah. insurance, right? Yeah, that that's that's the that's the on deck. Yes, uh, no, I love I love those. I mean, White Claws. This one, this one's actually really good. This is a it's a Coors one. It's um it's the orange cream pop. Like you remember those uh, popsicles back when? Oh, like kids? the Dreamsicle. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, dude, that sounds a, delicious. It's it's really good if you can find that. I, that's a limited. I think that's a limited release. I've not been able to find it in too many spots. But Have if you said you find it's a it, Coors product. Yeah, it's a it's one of the, it's like the Coors version of a White Claw. Oh, really? Well, so tonight, I'm glad you appreciate the, the seltzers because that's usually what, and this Texas heat, Chris, I'm not sure how much you know about it, but I like to be refreshed and these things really do the trick here, but I'm drinking a truly tropical punch. Have you had the, uh, the, the, the punch variety pack? I have not. I've actually, from truly, I've only had the lemonade ones and they are pretty good. Uh, my girlfriend likes to put them, likes to water them down a little bit because they're yeah. kind of sweet, mm-hmm. but they, they weren't too bad, but we're, we're mostly white claw people over here. So okay, I hear but, you. Um, the, the few times that I have tried one of the truly's though, I, I've not been disappointed. Yeah. They're a good flavor. I definitely, I know I found out uh, my father-in-law told me that Shiner's making a, a seltzer and now to hear about Coors, man, I'm, I, it looks like I'm going to have to I have a couple of things to try next time I go to the liquor store. You know, and yeah, I've not tried any of the actual Coors ones. I've just tried this one, the limited okay. uh, cream, the orange cream pop one. So, but I've heard good things about these ones as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I, uh, I just want to try the Dreamsicle. Honestly, I don't care about the other flavors. It, it's it's really good i hope you can find it man <laughs> like it's it's really it literally tastes just like a dreamsicle <laughs> like yeah i'm definitely gonna keep my eye on that because i think my wife would even enjoy that and she's kind of uh um, oddly enough she she prefers some of the darker beers more so than i do i mean i've always liked the ipas and some of the craft beers but um you know like we, we'll go out to dinner and she'll be the one getting a whiskey and i'm getting like a, a sangria <laughs> or something to drink you know what i mean 
Uh, it's 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 very similar over here, man. I, I my girlfriend, we've been out a few times, and I've uh, ordered a uh, Malibu and pineapple juice, and she's looked at me like, uh, "What are you doing?" <laughs> right. <laughs> well, so, uh, guys, we're gonna we're gonna talk about football. I do promise you that. And um, I know it's been a week in between recordings here, but if you listen to the last show, we discussed the NFC North with uh, Mr. Christopher Robin. You can find him on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. And so this week we're gonna be discussing the AFC North. And uh, Chris just so happens to be a fan of the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm quite the fan. Yep. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, you know, I, I'm curious as to how you're going to answer this, because I don't know if you're going to stay true to your to your team or if you're going to be a little bit more. Um, I, I don't want to say a realistic because I don't think, you know, the answer that them what them Pittsburgh being the answer to this question is unrealistic. But as of today, which team do you think will win the AFC North? Oh man, I, you know, I saw this one on the show doc and like, I, I don't want to answer it. Honestly, I want to just double down and be like, it's absolutely going to be the Steelers. Yeah. But, and I'm not counting them out. I'm not, but I don't think as of today, right now, I would probably have to pick the Baltimore Ravens. I think that the oh, Browns okay. I like that. are real. And I, well, I don't like that. I hate, the, I hate the Ravens, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. But just being realistic, I, I do think the Browns are going to make a push, but I just don't know if the Browns has what it takes to beat them yet. So that's the only reason why I would lean Baltimore. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned Baltimore because they're they're here on my answer as well. But I have the Browns or who I put my money on to win the North this year. I know Baltimore is isn't too far away, and you know, I mean, I could see either either of them winning the division this year. But after what we saw, excuse me, from the Browns last year and saw what they did this offseason. I feel like they, you know, what, what we saw from them, them last year, the moves that they made this year, they were about to play away from from going to the AFC title game, or excuse me, to the Super Bowl, or no, excuse me, to the AFC uh, title game. Yeah, it was game. a title game. Yeah, it was a title game, right? So, uh, you know, I think that they might have filled whatever void that they had another year in the system with with Baker Mayfield and a healthy Odell, or excuse me, Odell Beckham Jr. I, I like their chances. I think their offense could be. Uh, could be even better because we saw Baker down the stretch there having having some some good weeks passing the ball. So I have a feeling we'll see a little bit more of that mixed with the run game this year. I, I like that offense and defense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see what Cleveland's got. I mean, I'm actually so I'm from the Cleveland area. A little bit of a backstory. So my dad was born and raised in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh. So I grew up watching games with him, and that that's why I'm a Steelers fan. But right. I've lived in Cleveland like my whole life, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's you funny. do that. The Cleveland fans around here are ecstatic, and they have every right to be. I mean, they got a good team. I'm I'm excited to see what they do this year too. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield. It's a, I was wondering if he would step up because you know you, that you think about that third year for a young quarterback's career that could kind of you know determine if they're gonna gonna make it to a second contract or if they're a franchise guy or if, if they are replaceable. And I know they got off to a slow start at the beginning of the year, but. Once Baker got familiar in that system, and oddly enough, you know, I don't want to say it has anything to do with with Odell Beckham Jr., but when he went down, you kind of saw Baker getting a lot of his receivers involved in that that passing game really get going. And what I think the biggest thing for Baker is the coaching. I think he finally yeah. has a head coach that can mold him and do what he – because if you look at Baker, like compared to all the other quarterbacks from that class that are mm-hmm. still playing, you know, he had to deal with a lot of adversity from the coaching position. He dealt with basically – I mean, he isn't Stefanski his fourth head coach? Because yeah, he had – fourth um, head coach and probably like his, his fourth or fifth offensive coordinator too. 
Yeah. So, I mean, and that, that's a lot to put on to a young quarterback that's trying to learn, you know, the ropes of the NFL and become a leader and stuff like that. So I think that's the biggest thing now that he's got Stefanski, I don't, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I really think the only thing that can limit him fantasy wise is just the fact that Stefanski runs a very run first offense. Oh yeah. Shout out to Nick Chubb, right? And 100. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm all over Nick Chubb this year. (laughs) Yes, sir, man. So, um, I'm curious because you look at this division with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, there's a lot of fantasy gold here in just this division. Well, which team do you think is the most fantasy friendly this year? The most fantasy friendly this year? That is a tough one because there you're as you hit the nail right in the head. There is just so many teams. But I'm going to shock you probably. I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals. And here there it's I'll tell you why. There's one thing that the Cincinnati Bengals have that the other three teams in this league do are in this division do not have. Mm-hmm. And that is, in my opinion, a garbage ass defense. And I just I, I think that's a very good remedy to put up fantasy points where, you know, Pittsburgh's got a stout defense. Cleveland just did a lot of work on their defense and yeah. Baltimore's always been known for it. That's one thing that could definitely stop them from putting up those huge points, but you add, it's not like since he lacks weapons either, you know, they got Jamar chase, they got T Higgins, they got Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon's still there. And we saw what Joe Burrow looked like. I mean, that injury is going to be a little bit concerning, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we're going to dive into more of that in a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that answer because it makes a lot of sense with that bad defense. I do think though, if you look at some of the moves they made in the off season, then you look at some of the moves they made last year during their draft. I feel like they were, they knew that that was a big weakness and I think they've addressed some holes and they, they might surprise us. But when you look at all the defenses in this division, they clearly are the worst. And uh, you think about what, uh, what we saw from Joe Burrow and I believe it was a 10 or 11 games and what the chemistry he had with T Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd. And then he added in Jamar Chase, his college, his college wide receiver uh, who we won a national championship with. That's a really exciting offense for sure. Looking, um, you know, my, my answer here, though, is even with an aging Big Ben at quarterback, I can't help but feel that Pittsburgh just has so many players we want in fantasy. And I think that they they are my personal fantasy uh, friendly team this year. They were definitely my second pick. There's a lot of people that I think are sleeping on that offense and what mm-hmm. that offense can do. So. Yeah, I mean, Najee Harris, who uh, I'm, I'm really uh, I'm curious to see uh, how he's going to do this year. That kind of leads into this next question. Oh, are you worried about Big Ben's age at all in Pittsburgh's O-line in 2021? So I do think that the community is slightly overreacting about the offensive line. You know, they did. It's not, I don't think it's as bad as people put, you know, they got Zach Banner coming back. Who's going to be healthy coming into this year. And, you know, they've definitely, this was a very deep class in my opinion, from the offensive line perspective. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, they did address those, you know, that's, they did address guard and center in the third and fourth round, I believe. And they're, they're probably not as bad as your normal third and fourth round pick in there. Plus that tight end that they drafted, who I really like, they call him baby Gronk, uh, Pat Fryermurth. Yes. He's actually a good blocker as well. Mm-hmm. And they did bring in Trey Turner to help that line. I don't think, I mean, I, it's definitely not a top 10 line like it was back when Le'Veon Bell was running behind it, but I really don't think it's bottom of the barrel the way the league is um making it out to be. Uh, I do have some slight concerns about Ben just in his arm and his ability to utilize the deep ball. Mm. But from all reports of training camp, it seems like he is more motivated this year than he's ever been. And if he's got the motivation to come back and try and, you know, get back to being that elite caliber quarterback. I mean, they started off 11 and 0 last year. I don't care how easy the schedule was for them. You don't win 11 games in the NFL if you're not talented. 
No, absolutely. And uh, I like how you broke down the additions to the offensive line there because I was kind of a little worried about that O-line as well. Uh, you know, for, forgive me for not paying a lot of attention to uh, the Pittsburgh draft. After, after Micah Parsons was selected by my Cowboys, I was kind of draft, oh draft weekend was was ruined for me at that time. But it's, you know, I've come to something I've come to accept and I'm actually getting a little bit excited about wait, Micah Parsons. Wait, it was ruined? I was going to say it was I couldn't believe he slipped to you guys. I mean, well, I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. So those okay, linebackers, yeah. we, love, we love those linebackers. So. Right. When I saw you guys get him, I was like, "Oh man, I like Micah Parsons. I can't believe he went this far." So you you think? I mean, uh, him going at twelve? Do you feel like that's that's a steal for the Cowboys? I absolutely do, just because I think the Cowboys' biggest flaw right now is their defense. I mean, you guys got a high, a high powered offense and right. Dak and uh, CD Lamb. I mean. This is probably a conversation for a different day. I, I'm not, I'm a little out on Zeke. My first episode that I tuned in for you guys, when you guys were talking Zeke over Saquon, I was like, I don't agree with that, but you know, I'm mm-hmm. not, I, there, there's definitely, there's definitely points to make for it. I mean, that's yeah. just how I feel. It's more of a my conversation, I think, too. right? Yeah. I mean, well, it absolutely is a conversation. I, it's more, it's mostly in a dynasty perspective though. And Zeke, I, for redraft purposes, I do think Zeke's a good pick this year. He's definitely going at a value, but right. I think you guys getting that line, that top linebacker that late in the like in the middle of the first round, I thought it was a steal for you guys. You know, it's kind of interesting to me just because you think about how little he's really played in college football, and then he took a year off, and just uh, not really knowing how to play the position. He's just doing all this on pure skill, and, and you think about the linebacker position in, in the NFL today. If they're not really good cover guys, then they're not probably not not really that valuable, especially with the top twelve pick. So that was kind of my mindset. But to see, hear that Dan Quinn's putting him on the defensive line and you know going to let him rush the passer and not use him in such a traditional sense as a you know a, a, a linebacker is probably thought of. That gets me excited. I would be excited. So, but uh, I think we, uh, we got a little off here <laughs> talking your Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that we, we go off the rails pretty early and often here on this show. So let, let's get back on track. We, we talked about Najee Harris, you know, thinking about that uh, Pittsburgh O-line. Are you excited or patiently waiting for Najee Harris and dynasty? I am all in on Najee Harris and dynasty, especially in dynasty. I am in three dynasty leagues and I've acquired him in two out of those three. I pulled some, I so and one of them I traded up for the 101 and then literally on draft night I was drinking I think I honestly think I was drinking white claws I don't remember but like I I was I, I had a few too many and I jokingly texted <laughs> yeah. well I jokingly texted one of my league mates and I was like hey I'll give you the 101 for AJ Brown and he called me and he's like are you serious and I'm like yeah of course I'm serious it's AJ Brown and he's like I think I'll do that and I'm like dude stop messing with me and he's like no I'm serious I'll do that and I'm like if you'll do that, I will do that. Absolutely. But somehow Najee did Kyle Pitts ended up going at 101 in that draft. Really? And then I found a way. Yeah. This is not tight end premium. This is not super flex either. One QB, you're normal. I found a way to trade back up to get 103 and get Najee Harris still. So I ended up getting AJ Brown and Najee Harris. That's thrilling. With the one one, right? Well, for me, Pretty it was much. actually the one. I got the 103, but it's right. basically the 101. Yeah. So Cause, but I, I'm I'm pumped for Najee. I mean, I think that off, we know what Mike Tomlin does with his running backs. We know the system that he wants to run and how he wants to utilize these guys. So I don't see a world where he's not getting close to that 300 threshold in regards to total touches. And you know, for everybody that's freaking out about the offensive line, I, that's actually good in my opinion for Najee Harris. Because if you look at what Ben has done in the past, anytime you know Le'Veon Bell has been phenomenal with the dump passes. James Conner 
who's not that big of a pass catching running back. His first year before he started really dealing with the injuries and Le'Veon Bell's holdout year was getting a good amount of receptions. He had like six receptions that year, I think. Yeah, and so, I mean, that's something that Ben does, and I think that Najee Harris has sneaky, underrated hands. So I see, especially in any kind of a PPR format, I could see him getting a very nice, respectable number in the reception total, which is really going to boost him. I, I just don't see a world where he finishes outside of, like, the top 16, in all honesty. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the pass-catching ability by Najee Harris. It, it kind of took me back a little bit to some of his Alabama highlights and what this guy can do with the ball in his hands as a pass-catcher. It's pretty sick, and I would be excited as a, pitch, as a Steelers fan as well to have him. I, I'm very pumped. And in Pittsburgh, it's not like Pittsburgh's got bad scouts. Like they, they do pretty good with scouting their skill position players. So I'm not really worried about the Alabama factor that everybody likes to keep bringing up. So, I mean, I think if Pittsburgh's – if their scout team was in on him, I think it's because there was a reason to be in on him. Right. Well, let's move on to our next question, uh, Chris. Which Pittsburgh wide receiver are you targeting for 2021? I've read the show doc and I know how you feel. And I got to be honest with you. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I am completely okay. full on team Deontay Johnson. Okay. And why is I, that? I just, I love the kid. I love his work ethic. I love the amount of just, you know, work that he puts in. I understand he had some issues with the drops last year, but my big thing about him is he is Big Ben's boy. He is in that Antonio Brown role. That is the guy that's going to get 10 targets a game from Ben because Ben loves to pepper his favorite wide receiver with targets. And he's just – he's a phenomenal route runner. He gets open better than a lot of the receivers in the league. And, you know, Juju's good, but I think Juju's kind of a one-trick pony in his own aspect. You know, he's a good slot receiver, and he's great on third down. He's a good possession guy. And I think Claypool's got a lot of potential, but Claypool still has some work to do before he can really elevate his game. And I just don't know if Claypool is the right receiver right now for Big Ben. But Deontay Johnson, in my opinion, is. I, I love Deontay Johnson this year. I want him in my dynasty leagues, and he's a value, for my, in my opinion, in redraft. Yeah, you, you kind of said it there. Chase Claypool is my guy, and his underdog ADP is 65.6. Uh, That's the 30th wide receiver off the board. I mean, I can't really think of 29 other wide receivers I want more than than Chase Claypool, especially, uh, you know, a, a kind of a hot take here. But I, I think I said it early last offseason. I'm going to say it again. Kind of, I'm going to jump in a little bit ahead here. But I think Chase Claypool is going to have a DK Metcalf-like rise this year similar to what we saw dk do last year so i'm I actually and i did read that i was curious um how what makes you feel that way um i just saw how he was being fed last year he behind the line of scrimmage down the field in the middle of the field out of the out of the backfield i mean you think about that four touchdown game he had against philadelphia his breakout game you kind of saw that he he has the ability to, to do it all and he he hasn't been playing football that long, so I just I, it's the the upside and the and the skill set are what do it for me. And I you know I I love Chase Claypool. I, I have a little bit of concerns with his attitude, just because I mean, and granted, this is one thing I've not been able to fully vet, but I do know he apparently had some issues with being involved in a bar fight. And I really, as a Steelers fan, I did not like that end of the year jab that he went on TikTok and did against the Browns. That's just not Steeler football, in my opinion. That's not what we represent. I think that, and here's my opinion on it, and because I've talked to a lot of my friends with, about this uh, t- exact topic. I think the Chase Claypool has the ability to be the best wide receiver in this room. I absolutely think he has the talent to do that. 
I just don't know right now if he has the work ethic that is needed to put in to get there. And we're going to have that answer. You know, we're going to figure that out. I do love the talent and the prospect. And then my other just big concern for him is with the type of receiver he is and the best way that he's utilized on those big deep ball threats. I don't know if Roethlisberger's arms where it needs to be to get to get it done this year for Claypool. But from a dynasty perspective, I think he's a very good buy right now. Yeah, so you, I mean, you, you think that really Chase Claypool kind of benefited a lot from from the the long ball last year? That's that was one of the things that I saw mostly. I mean, they do get, get creative with the way they use their receivers. You know, he yeah. did get a lot of those handoffs, and he did. You know, I saw a lot of what I saw. I liked. He was definitely a great prospected player. So I do think there is a high ceiling for him. But my right. only concern for twenty one is the floor. I got you. No, I hear you. I absolutely hear you there. So you know, sticking to wide receivers the team you like the most here in this division, the Baltimore Ravens to win it all. Are you targeting, targeting any of their wide receivers in 2021? Oh, I actually am. I mean, well, and outside, I mean, outside of the obvious answer and Mark Andrews, but um, I really like Rashad Bateman. He was one of my favorite receivers pre-draft. I think he is just one of those receivers that a quarterback can fall in love with. He's Mm -hmm. a great third down possession guy. He was very NFL ready. He was one of the more NFL ready receivers in my opinion, and I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I'm kind of – he's probably it, though, from wide receiver standpoint. I really don't want to get back involved in the Sammy Watkins train. I'm not <laughs> – yeah. I don't even know if we're going to get our one – our one, yeah, our week one blow up that we can just sell him off. And uh, as somebody that has just been in on Hollywood Brown for as long as I've been in, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. You're out on, out on Hollywood after th- – you on to – Three year or excuse me, on to year three. You know, we have these thing. We have this because we're hit stick fantasy and we have this thing we call it's a hit or miss where every year we pick five guys that we think are just absolute hits and we pick five guys that we think are absolute misses. And last year I was just all in on Hollywood Brown and I stamped my flag on him. I drafted him in all my dynasty drafts and all my redraft leagues and he just burned me. So I'm out. Shark. Hey, wide receiver 14 for like the last five weeks of the season I think that's the problem is he he go well and it's also a little bit personal because he he seriously cost me a trip to a championship oh. because yeah the week before the, the week of that playoff game he decided I mean it's 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 not his fault you know how we are as fantasy owners but yeah. he decided he was going to go on the COVID list and then of course this is when Saturday games are a thing and I have Gabe I'm staring at him and Gabriel Davis and I'm like I really want to play Hollywood Brown but he's on the COVID list. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm like, and it's Saturday. I got to know today because Gabriel Davis plays today. So I put Gabriel Davis in my lineup. And sure enough, literally three minutes into the first quarter, Hollywood Brown's off the COVID list. And of course he scores exactly what I would have needed to win. Are so, you kidding me? I'm not kidding. I don't won by like three <laughs> points. <laughs> so I was like, I'm done. Put him on the trade block. I'm like, as soon as this season's over and trades are open, I want this guy off my team. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Talk about bad blood, my friend. It's because he's a Raven. That's that's the reason why. <laughs> right. Never trust a Raven. There's only one that I do. And that's uh well, I trust Mark Andrews, but Jay, I I, I do like we're I'm sure we're gonna talk about Dobbins. I, I love I love JK Dobbins. So yes, sir. Well, unlike you, Chris, I'll never quit on my guy Hollywood Brown, and I'm definitely targeting Rashad Bateman and Dynasty Leagues as well. I mean, I think I have him on on two if not three teams and i've 
taken him in the Scott Fish Bowl, uh, and I want to say I've targeted him in best in a best ball and a and a couple of best balls. I haven't had success, but I'm going to make sure to get him in the in this latest one that I'm in. But I love both Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman this year, and I think Lamar is a better passer than people give him credit for. You're probably right. I love hazing Ravens fans and telling them if they have a running back playing quarterback just because it makes them so mad. But you right. are probably right about that. Uh, and Hollywood Brown is phenomenal in best ball because he and, you know, and one thing I have been saying this offseason, you know, all jokes aside and all personal whatever aside, I do think the addition of Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins actually does really help Hollywood Brown because I just mm-hmm. I don't think he's a wide receiver one. So you're getting that yeah. number one coverage mm-hmm. off of him and opening him up to really just do what he does best. And that's just burn people with his speed and, you know, make the big plays. So it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I, I am curious in redraft where his redraft or where his uh, ADP is slipped to because he might become a value. That is possible. I don't think a, a one a a top twenty four season is out of his ability. Do you? I absolutely don't. I think he's a very talented receiver. My yeah. only concern for him is just the volume that the Ravens and they can say they're going to try to open it up all they want, right. but we just know if they're able to run the clock out by running the ball, that's what they're going to do. So. Yeah, I'm curious because I think this is the big year for Lamar. So I wonder if they're going to try to pass more to see if you know, kind of test his limits to see what they can really do with him now that they're, uh, you know, giving him more pieces. You think about Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown, and now Rashad Bateman, and J.K. Dobbins, who they said they're also going to – they want him to to be uh, better at receiving the ball this year as well. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do with that just because I feel like you're right. I feel like they have to see what Lamar can do as a passer because yeah. he's getting into that contract year where he's going to demand a very, you know, respectable – amount of money as he should because of what he's the numbers that he's put up they got to make sure that they're actually getting somebody that can get the job done through the air so I, I could see them trying to open up a little bit more but at the same time I know that franchise very well and their goal is to win a Super Bowl so that's their whatever helps them do that that's what they're going to do yeah I hear you and you, you talked about J.K. Dobbins uh, I'm a big J.K. Dobbins fan as well but when you think about those Baltimore running backs do you trust any in fantasy Oh, I trust Dobbins. I actually, I trust, I trust them all. I mean, especially if you count Lamar, but um, I mean, we're, so, I mean, I know that this, this is jumping uh, a little bit further here. Cause I know that I, I have looked at the doc a little bit here. I know that right, you right. are going to ask me what's a good AFC North player that I'm trying to buy. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. Gus Edwards is who I've been hammering in dynasty leagues just because he is a running back that you can actually buy. Those are not easy to find. Mm-hmm. And he led the team in rushing yards last year. I mean, we, and I don't expect that to happen again. I think J.K. is the guy. J.K. is a certified running back one. If you put J.K. Dobbins on the Cowboys where he got all of the workload oh and goodness. he was getting, you know, close to 300 touches, he would be in the top five, in my opinion, every year in and year out. The only thing stopping him from doing that is just the fact that he does play on a team where the quarterback takes a lot of carries and they also do utilize a committee. But – I expect them to get Gus Edwards involved. I could see this easily being a 60-40 timeshare split. I just think that they're both very effective with their carries. So I think Gus Edwards could have flex value by himself. And if something happens to Dobbins, that's a league winner. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, you look at Gus Edwards. I mean, he's he's got a solid floor. He's going to give you a, a minimum seven points every every week. So, I mean, that that's borderline flex played 
from a from a backup running back. And like you mentioned, if something were to happen to J.K. Dobbins, he he is definitely a league winner. And it, I, I think it's it's smart to to go and, and try to buy him now because you know as as training camp approaches, I mean, you never know what can happen. Well, and he's cheap too. He's somebody you know. You all, if you go to somebody that has Gus Edwards and you say, "Hey, I'll give you a second round pick for Gus Edwards," odds are that's overpaying in their opinion, and they'll do that in a second. I mean, that's obviously you know it depends on how in how much they've researched, but you know Dobbins is definitely the hotness as he should be. But like you know, he's just somebody that is affordable, and I don't know about everyone else's experience, but my experience in dynasty football, getting running backs that are usable are not easy to do. So. Now, I'm, uh, I agree with you 100% there. Sticking with running backs at their ADP, which Cleveland running back do you find yourself targeting the most? I am all over Nick Chubb. As we like to say on Hitstick Fantasy, we got a Chubb for Chubb. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Put that I, it's on a just, t-shirt, man. We, we probably should. I mean, I wouldn't wear it because it's going to be a brown shirt. But <laughs> uh, the thing is, I, I, and I get, I, get, I get it. I understand the appeal. You know, last year, Kareem Hunt was one of my hits of the year. And everybody agreed with it. And it was because, you know, of just what he was going at. And I still think Kareem Hunt's a great value. I'm not saying I don't want Kareem Hunt, but I think Nick Chubb holds running back number one overall upside. Now, I'm not going to project that. He's not going to be over your Dalvin Cook or your CMC. But, excuse me, uh, I just, with that offense and Kevin Stefanski running it and the way he likes to utilize his running backs and the talent of Nick Chubb, to get him in the back of the first round where you can pair him, you know, with like an Antonio Gibson or an Austin Eckler or a Cam Akers, if you're aboard that train, or if you want to, you know, go top receiver, maybe you get a Tyreek Hill early in that second round, whatever you want. It's just a smash value. In my opinion, I love Nick Chubb. I, I think he is being, he's always disrespected every single year. He's just such a good running back. Yeah. And he's currently ranked 10th. He's the uh, 10th ranked running back on uh, underdog but he still has a, a back of the first round adp which man i look at some of the people going at some of the guys going in the first round and then i think about nick chubb i'm like man i think there's two or three guys going regularly in the first round that i'd rather have nick chubb over yeah I, and i you know anybody that tells me they prefer the value of cream hunt i'm not going to argue them because getting cream hunt where you're getting him that's stealing too but it's i mean what's cream hunt right now is he like isn't he still a fifth round pick i think that's where he was last time i checked but correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember the defenses the Browns were facing when Nick Chubb actually went went down with his injury. But it kind of, you know, Kareem Hunt got an opportunity to to showcase some of that workhorse ability. And I felt like he disappointed for fantasy. As somebody that had him in all of my leagues last year, I will absolutely agree with that. I was when Nick Chubb went down, I thought I was getting a certified top five running back, and yeah. that's just not what he. He, in all honesty, he put a, he actually his numbers actually dipped a little bit. They weren't as good. Mm-hmm. And it's because they, they utilize Kareem Hunt in such a unique way. He comes in in the fourth quarter and he plays cleanup and he just always seems to get, you know, he has his a points. For the end zone, man. He does. He absolutely does. And he's great in the passing game. So, yeah. I mean, but I, I love both. But the fact that Nick Chubb missed essentially five games because he went out early in that Dallas game yeah. and still finished as the RB11 on the year, that is insane. Yeah, it so, really is. I'm going to go with the talent. I like that stat right there, sir. I, I, I didn't uh, – I, I I was unsure of Nick Chubb's uh, finish last year, but to miss five games and still be an RB1 is very impressive. It's it's insane to me. And he's just – he's on the team to do it. Cleveland's got one of the better offensive lines in the league, mm-hmm. and Stefanski just wants to pound that rock. So uh, it's I, – if, if I could get both, I, I will, I'll take both. 
but oh yeah, I would you pick and me both. Yeah. So other than Baker, Chubb, and Hunt, is there anyone on in Cleveland you want in twenty twenty one? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't hate Baker where he's at. Um, I, I'm not crazy about Odell Beckham Jr. Like some people are, I, I don't, I don't hate him. I wouldn't like be opposed to getting him if uh, he would be my answer yeah. because I am just out on Jarvis Landry. If you were, if I was, you know, if it's basically pick another Brown, but, um, I, I probably, I probably won't have any shares of Odell in any of my redraft leagues just because, I think he's going to go higher than I'm willing to take him. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could buy low on him in Dynasty, I would probably be willing to do that. But when I say buy low, I mean buy low. So, Yeah, I hear you. OBJ, OBJ is someone I like as well. His ADP is uh, – or excuse me, he's the 29th wide receiver ranked there on uh, on underdog according to their ADP. I feel like he's a, a good buy right now, but like you mentioned, I don't know how, how valuable he really is in, in redraft league, especially when you think about that Cleveland Browns offense suit that that likes to run the ball. So he's more of a dynasty guy than a, than a redraft guy. Yeah, and I mean, and I, just to be clear, I'm not one of those. Uh, I, I don't personally believe the narrative of you know the Browns are better without Odell Beckham. I do no. think Odell Beckham's an elite talent. You can't put a guy like that. You can't add him into this offense and expect them to not take a little bit of a step forward. But it's just I know where they want to take the volume of their team and their offense, mm-hmm. and that's mostly in the run game. And I do know Baker's found success spreading the ball around. And I just don't think we're going to see the target share that. You know, I don't think we're going to see Baker trying to force the ball to Odell like he was in the beginning of last year. I think Baker has grown from that, and I think he's going to find a way to utilize Odell effectively. But you're not going to get the volume you want. That that's my opinion. I could be wrong, but right. No, I would agree with you. We we talked about a lot about the guys we like in the AFC North, so I'm going to skip this question. But moving to the next one, Chris, who in the AFC North are you selling when you look at investments, fantasy investments? Selling fantasy and bed. This is an easy one for me. Juju Smith Schuster. Without a doubt, I'm in dynasty. I'm selling him in redraft. I'm probably avoiding him. I don't care that he's going third between the wide receivers. I, you know, look, I, I think that Juju's a good receiver. I like what he's done for the team. I like what he does for the community. He's a good guy, as far as I know, at least on paper. But when you look at the fantasy aspect of it, he this season right now is in a very crowded wide receiver room. The Steelers did not draft Najee Harris in the first round because they want to go back to their gunslinger, throw the ball 600 times a year mentality. I expect the target share for all three of these receivers to take a slight dip. I've already highlighted that I think Deontay is going to maintain more of that. And then it's a contract year for Juju. And I think if Chase Claypool takes a step forward, there's just not going to be much of a reason for the Steelers to bring Juju back. I know that he wants to – Stay his whole career in Pittsburgh. And I know a lot of players want to do that. And it's just the unfortunate, it's the business side of the league, but it's just not going to be a smart move for them to retain him at the price he's probably going to want to be paid. So I think it's very, very possible that we're seeing Juju move on to a new team next year. And as we've all seen in fantasy football, history would show when 90% of the time when a wide receiver changes teams, it takes a dip in their production. So right now with him back in Pittsburgh, if I can use the selling point that he was the best receiver of the three statistically wise last year and move him into something good, I'm going to take advantage of that. Yeah. I, I like the, your reasoning behind that. And for me, it's Jarvis Landry. I know Jarvis Landry is as, is as consistent as they come, but 
at his age, I'm not really seeing the upside in where we've discussed the offense here in depth as well. And you look at the his age, I know I believe he's only 32 or 33, but then how they run that offense, I just I think he's more of a name value than he is a value on fantasy roster right now. And you know, I I I love that. I'm all about selling Jarvis too. I just think you would get more for Juju. Right, do you want me to oh, hit yeah. you with a curveball though? Yeah, please do. You want to know a name that I'd be willing to sell right now in Dynasty? Um, Jam- oh, let me let me try to guess. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. I'd be willing, and you know, look, I get it. I understand the hype on him. I think the hype's gone too far. I and I, I've been getting a lot of crow from this on my podcast because I was the resident, you know, pre-draft. I was Devonta Smith over Chase, uh, and I get. I mean, I I understand. I, I've watched the film. I I I think he's a great prospect. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's right that people are saying he's already better than Justin Jefferson. When we saw what Jefferson did, I don't care what they did in college. It's not college anymore. But I've seen people saying like on dynasty Twitter and, you know, just social media, you know, that they would take like Jamar chase over Calvin Ridley over like AJ Brown and over receivers like this. So, and in my opinion, if, if people, you know, I'm not saying get rid of chase for nothing, but if you have chase, it might be worth it right now to go hit up, you know, one of the top, the really top receiver owners and just see if they're willing to make that move. Cause mm-hmm. if they are, I'm jumping on that. I will move Jamar chase. It seems like he's going for like CMC value in some leagues. And I, I just don't get it. He's not done anything yet. Like. Would you trade Jamar chase for Chris Carson and. I'll say Chris Carson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Are you a win-now team? Yeah, you would be trading. You're a win-now team, and you'd be acquiring Chris Carson and Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think I'd do that, just because, in my opinion, the prize in that trade is you're getting Chris Carson, who's a 27-year-old. If you were a running back away and you were going to – I mean, look, the point of the game is to win the championship. If that's that's what you need is that dominant RB2 and Chris Carson – to get you over that one year, I, I mean, if you want to go all in, by all means. But for me personally, if I'm trading Jamar Chase, I think I can get more than that. So I would hold out and I would try to get more. And if I can't get more, I'm going to hold and wait until he probably does have – because he's going to have a few big games, and that's when I would try to go back and sell him again. Where do you have Jamar Chase ranked in, in fantasy on just on your own personal rankings? So in my own personal rankings, I think that right now I'd probably have him. I don't really know in my redraft perspective in dynasty. I did tally these out the other day. He's right around my wide receiver 20, which is lower than consensus. Um, I think in redraft, I think it's fair to say I I would probably have him as a back end wide receiver too. in between that 18 to 24 range. He definitely can outplay that. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I do. I really like T Higgins a lot and I don't think that they're going to not utilize T Higgins. And let's not forget Tyler Boyd commands targets too, which I mean, anybody that knows me, knows how much it pains me to talk. I, I really don't like Tyler Boyd, <laughs> but that makes two of us, you, my friend. Yeah. I, I, I get a lot. We, um, I'm the residential Boyd hater on our show. We, they, they come at me pretty often for that one. So, but he does get his targets. So yeah. I, and, that that's just when you know, like I said, I'm lower than consensus. I'm more of a prove it guy, especially from the wide receiver position. I need to see them 
Uh, you've just seen so many of these wideouts. I mean, we've talked about one of them earlier today already, Sammy Watkins. He was, you know, a seventh overall pick and he had a few good years, but he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't turn out to be the generational talent that everybody thought he was going to be. And you just see it a lot. And then you get these second round guys like Michael Thomas and AJ Brown, and, you know, maybe Terrence Marshall, or hopefully my boy, Elijah Moore from this class who just take off. And it's just kind of, it just never seems to shake out the way it's supposed to from the wide receiver position in the draft. So I just have a real, I want to wait and see with that position. Like right now, I mean, like right now, CD lamb, I'd, I'd pay the farm to get him, but you know, that's last year people were having Jalen Rieger over Justin Jefferson. How did that work out? You know, it's just, it's a hard position. In my opinion, going from college level football at the wide receiver position to the NFL is one of the hardest transitions to make. So that's, I'm usually a little cautious on the rookie wideouts. Don't blame me there because we we've seen the, uh, the first round guys that everybody loves. We're still waiting for them to hit. And then we've seen second, second third fourth and even you know maybe maybe even some fifth rounder shit before some of those guys so the wide receiver position can be tricky to uh to to scout and and value yeah and that's you know that's just how i am with it i mean they look we saw henry ruggs wasn't he the first receiver drafted last year i don't he's probably he's not even my i don't even think he's my sixth favorite receiver from this class right now I won't stand for the Henry Ruggs slander and the Hollywood slander. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so we talked about who we're going to sell. Who are you holding in the AFC North? So, okay. Well, I know you're going to ask me a stash, so I got to save this one for stash. Who am I holding? Yeah. Um, That's a tough one. I mean, there's, I mean, I've already talked about bind Gus I'm definitely holding Joe Mixon. I think that Joe Mixon's going to be, I think that we, we might get the RB one season that we're expecting to, that we've been waiting for years to get from Mixon this year, you know, and an interesting stat about Joe Mixon is up until he got hurt last year, he actually led all running backs in total touches. And, you know, now they got rid of Giovanni Bernard and that kind of opens the door. I'm not saying Samaj P Ryan's not going to come in and be a little bit of what Giovanni Bernard is, but He's not quite the same running back and they really might unleash Mixon this year. And if he can stay healthy, you know, I know there's a lot of people that are just over him. I actually think he's somebody that's, you know, as far as I do these things every year, we're in the off season. Well, every year I kind of just started with all this where I, um, I talk about what I call big hitters and I talk about small ball trades and the big hitters like that you can buy and stuff. And Mixon made that cut is one of those, a running back that could be an RB one that you actually might be able to go out and buy right now. So He's definitely one that I'm going to hold on to if I have him. I'm not really willing to get rid of him. Yeah, my guy was Gus Edwards. Other than Tony Pollard, I feel like Gus might be the most valuable handcuff in fantasy. We've talked about Gus Edwards quite a bit here on the show. But I feel like, um, again, with, with training camp right around the corner, uh, it's it's kind of a weird time to trade. And, uh, you know, we mentioned trying to go buy Gus Edwards, but if I think a savvy owner is going to hold on to him. At this point in the year, you're probably right. Cause I, and then the leagues that I got Gus Edwards in, it was a long time ago. I think another great hold though, for this year is your boy, uh, Chase Claypool. I think from this division, he's somebody, if I had, I would be looking to hold. Cause I think if you sell him now, you could be selling him low, even though you're probably going to get a good return for him right now as it is, but he's definitely somebody that I'd be holding on to if I had him too. Who's the guy you're stashing in the AFC North? The guy that I'm stashing is tight end for the Cleveland Browns, Harrison Bryant. 
I think this kid is a beast in the making. We know that tight ends take about two to three years to develop into their own. I don't see Kevin Stefanski leaving this team anytime soon. We know what Kevin Stefanski likes to do with his two tight end sets. We also know what Baker likes to do. He does have a tendency of targeting those tight ends. It was a little bit of an up and down rookie season for Harrison Bryant, but when Austin Hooper went down with that appendix issue, I I liked what I saw. I think this kid's got a lot, and I think he can be one of those. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Travis Kelsey by any means, but I think he can be somebody that you can rely on at that tight end position. So I'm definitely, if I have a taxi squad, he's going right on there, and he's not leaving. Yeah, for the people in the Debbie League, there's a little uh, trick for you there. Uh, My guy's Donovan People-Jones. After Beckham went down, we saw DPJ caught. He caught the game-winning TD. He had three double-digit games in 2020, and earlier reports were suggesting that he could win the wide receiver three job over Rashard Higgins. And then you think about OBJ and Jarvis Landry at their ages. Who who knows what this wide receiver room could look like in 2022? Well, he would have been my second choice, without a doubt. I love him a lot. I love the DPJ love a lot. I think he's a really good receiver. And I think he's better than Rashad Higgins, in my opinion. I do think he's going to win that wide receiver three job. And this team's got, you know, they're going to have to sign Chubb soon. They're going to have to sign Baker to a long-term deal. They're going to want to maintain this defense. If you really look at just the make of this team and what they like to do, it's very obvious that the clear position they're going to let walk is at the wide receiver position, especially with the amount of money you factor in that they are paying Odell and Jarvis Landry. So I do think it's realistic to think that, one of those two is gone as early as next year. So I think that's a great hold or, I mean, a great stash. I appreciate that. So let's kind of, uh, you said you've, you've looked at the show sheet here. So let's kind of run through this. Uh, AFC North top scores. Chris, who do you think, which quarterback will score the most points in 2021? In 2021 from the quarterback position in this division, you got to go with Lamar Jackson. He just yes, offers sir. that. I mean, it's just, it's facts at that quarterback position. He offers that top five elite upside when you factor in that he is, you know, let me ask you this question. Cause this is what I'm very curious on. Do you think Lamar is going to do it and become, I want to say the first ever quarterback. Don't bet me on that. I could be wrong to have three back to back to back thousand yard rushing seasons. Easily. No question about it. No doubt about it especially when you factor in the 17th game. I mean, it's, he's just no other quarterback in this division offers that kind of ability with their legs. And, you know, with the way fantasy scoring works at the quarterback position, it's just, it's, it's impossible to not say Lamar Jackson right there. I wish it wasn't, I wish it was Ben, but it's, it's probably not going to be so. Yeah. I know we both have Lamar here. So which running back do you think will score the most in 2021, which AFC North running back? This is a tough one I really had to think about this one, but um, I got to go. I got to go Nick Chubb. I have to, I mean, okay. I, I want, I think Najee can do it. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not, he's definitely one of my dark horses to be a top five running back this year. But when you factor in that offensive line and what Cleveland wants to do and just the ability of Nick Chubb, mm-hmm. I got to lean Nick Chubb. Yeah, I'm going with the rookie Najee Harris because it was either Najee and, of course, I was thinking Nick Chubb. But then, you know, I was starting to really think about Joe Mixon, but he's, you know, I need to see him do it for one season at least. Or, you know, uh, I need to see it a little bit more from, from Mixon before I can give him that crown. So I had to make a tough choice to go Najee Harris. as We we know how Pittsburgh likes to use their, their workhorse running backs, and there's not too many bodies on that Pittsburgh roster that I think are taking touches from Najee. No, I, I don't think there are at all. And I mean, you know, and actually, in all honesty, you know, just to piggyback here to the uh, stash thing, if you can go out or even check your waiver wire and you can find Anthony McFarlane hanging out there, 
Uh, there is a lot of rumors that Benny Snell could get cut. So, uh, you know, those handcuffs can be valuable to have. And I do think McFarland's got a little bit to offer, but it's just, it's exactly what you hit the hammer right on there. You hit the nail right with the hammer. It's just Tomlin loves his workhorse running back. So if something were to happen to Nashi, you see it all the time. I mean, what was it? Uh, Isaac Redman back in the day was getting 25 touches. So I definitely see a world where you're right. And I think that, you know, Najee could be the number one running back in this division. When you factor in what I was getting at earlier with the pass catching and just the fact that he's going to get all of those carries. So, I mean, but for me, it was easily between Nick Chubb or Najee Harris. Yeah. So, you know, looking at the wide receivers, who do you have here? This is a really tough one because there is a a lot lot of good receivers. receivers, Yeah. there is. There's a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna double down here. I'm gonna go with my boy. I'm saying Deontay Johnson. I know the targets are gonna be there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is from a PPR's perspective, but I just think that Deontay is gonna take a massive step forward this year, and I am all in on the Deontay Johnson trade. I'm curious, Chris, because uh, I was listening to a different fantasy podcast, and the these hosts are they are fans of the Steelers as well, and they were saying how much of a uh, uh, significant impact the new offensive coordinator is going to have on this offense. Is that, can you kind of talk to us about that a little bit? Um, I, I, you know, I like what Canada is going to do, but he was promoted with from within. And I, I don't know how much of a different, I definitely think that um, he's going to definitely change it a little bit, but it's still going to be Raffelsberger essentially running the offense. I do think from what I've, cause I listen to a lot of like just Steeler podcasts. And one of the things that um, has been going on the battle and training camp right now is Ben versus the OC because Matt Canada wants them to, we wants Ben lining up under center more to get back to the play action and get back to, you know, the things that they need to get back to. And Ben's, you know, at his age is kind of like, you know, I like running out of shotgun. We're like, yeah, we know you do. Cause it's no, it's less moving around, but we need you under center to sell that play action. So, I mean, if he can get them to kind of go back to that and kind of just get the ground game moving a little bit more. Um, I do think he could impact them a lot in that way. One of the coaches though, that I'm excited about, and I actually, um, I don't know his name off rip, but I do know they promoted him another one within they got a new offensive line coach. And I think that he's going to make a significant impact as well. He's somebody that's really motivating these linemen to get back to that run style blocking where they can really, you know, utilize the run again. And that's, that's really what that team lacks. So I'm excited. I'm more excited for him than I am Matt Canada. It's ironic because I don't even know his name, but (laughs) that's, um, that's where I'm at. I am. I do think Canada will impact the team in a positive manner though, for sure. Yeah, I don't think too many OCs can uh, can take the take the play calling uh, duties away from Big Ben after everything he's given the Pittsburgh franchise, right? It's pretty much like that way. But if you can just get him to adjust and get back to you know utilizing a more complex scheme, because last year, I mean, they interviewed all the players and they all said the same thing: Pittsburgh's offense was the easiest to read. They all knew what they were going to do, and that I forget their old OC's name because I wasn't a big fan of him, but he. He just didn't do that great of a job of being a complex play caller and mixing it up. It was pretty, you know, cut and dry. You basically knew we were going to utilize the short pass. The, the Jason Garrett of the AFC North, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Without the clapping. <laughs> so, you got to be so thrilled he's gone. So. Yeah, oh man. The, the day it finally happened, it was, it was a big sigh of relief. So, well, just uh, since we're here, how do you feel about Mike McCarthy? How do I feel about Mike McCarthy? I think what we saw last year from this team and some of those games, I don't think Jason Garrett would have won the won those. Um, I think Mike McCarthy is 
probably hated on too much because when you look at, at the uh, what he did was able to do with Aaron Rodgers, I know Aaron Rodgers is in the discussion for like what the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, I think if he were to win one more Super Bowl, he might get get that be in that conversation next to Brady. Um, I don't know. He he'll he probably won't ever take Brady's throne, but I think McCarthy had a lot to do with that. And I, I think what we saw last year, how he how he kept the team that we had in games and and just uh, kept that fight going. I I was impressed because I, I wasn't really that thrilled with the hire initially. You know, and I I I mean, I'm I definitely from your perspective, you definitely follow this team a little bit more than I do. But um, I, I'm personally I'm probably closer to that side that gives him a little too much hate. I'm just not a big Mike McCarthy fan. I just don't, you know, and maybe it's fantasy related because I don't feel like he fully knows how to utilize, you know, his his running back situation always seems to kind of be like what's going on there. But that could just be the fantasy side of him. He did keep, you know, he was a key part in helping that Green Bay team move forward. I do think though, if he has another bad, if he has a bad year this year and you guys look to move on, I think that the offensive coordinator right now in Carolina, um, Joe Brady is a phenomenal head coach in the making. And if you guys were able to snag him, that could be monumental, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. So, well, just, just to that point, I would think that um, maybe Kellen Moore might get the chance to be the coach. Don't you think that is possible? So I could see that too. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate either one. So back to the uh, discussion here, Chris, looking at these tight ends, you know, none of them are great except for one, obviously. So this is going to be an an easy answer. Which tight end will score the most in 2021? Yeah, that's, that's too obvious. Obviously it's Mark Andrews. Um, I'm going to give me a second here. Let me think of who the second one's going to be just because that's just too obvious. It's too easy. What are your thoughts Um, on CJ Uzuma? You know, I was actually thinking about saying his name. That, that's what my thoughts are on him. Now that I know that now that I have some clarity and it's not going to be Drew Sample and it's going to be him. Yeah. I, I think he could be a sneaky grab. You know, I really like Pat Fryermuth in Pittsburgh, but with Eric Ebron there, I think it's going to take a year or two for him to really turn into the pass catching option. He should find his way onto the field with his block, his run blocking ability. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for there's already a lot of mouths to feed in that receiving core, which there is a lot exactly. in Cincinnati as well. Right. But you know, I mean, and I could even, I wouldn't even be surprised if, you know, something happens to Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant gets in that game. I, as I've already highlighted, I'm really high on him. So, but as of right now today, I'd probably have to say uh, CJ Uzum is, uh, or, you know what I mean, is the number two out of b- between Mark Andrews. So. Are, are you hoping and praying that uh, Njoku can finally find a starting role somewhere? I believe it'll be this upcoming off season, right? Yeah, I, I hope he gets traded somewhere. I'd like to see him go, you know, maybe send him to the Colts and give uh, Car- if Zach Ertz doesn't go there with Carson Wentz. But or, you know, I mean, there's there was rumors of him going to Dallas, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that that logically, in my opinion, doesn't make sense because they already have two good tight ends there. Yeah. But um, there's definitely some teams out there, though, that could utilize a good playmaker like Njoku, because I think if he went somewhere and he found a place where he was the only tight end in the room or just the, the main pass catching option on a more pass happy team. Mm-hmm. He definitely could be effective. He's, he's, you know, he's got, he's had some drop issues, but he, he can make some catches. Yeah. I, I, I thought that he was going to take over the league, you know, not too long after his rookie year and he just never kind of has been able to do that. But we, we've seen those glimpses that, that get you excited. Yeah. I definitely think that he's a, he's good at making plays. That's for sure. So, um, so it would uh, CJ be your number two as well? Yeah, it would be CJ Uzuma as well. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, you expect that team to have a lot of uh, past, a lot of opportunity, so. Yeah, for sure. So moving along, which rookie do you think is going to score the most in 2021? Or is that, that's a little too obvious if it sounds like when, when I read it out, I'm like, okay, I think this is obvious too. Yeah, for me in this division, it's without a doubt Najee Harris. I know a lot of people might say it's Jamar Chase. And now, you know, I think that's a I think that's a respectable argument. I do think, you know, you, they didn't draft Jamar Chase where they drafted him to not try to get him involved. There is absolutely a world where I am wrong on Jamar Chase, and he does just excel into that wide receiver one territory. I Like I said, but I'm going to double down on the running back. I'm going to get the guy that I already know is going to have the opportunity. I'm taking Najee Harris. Yeah, he's my pick too. It's it's too easy that when you just think about the volume that he's going to get on that team and everything, it's it's exciting. I, I don't have Najee anywhere. I think I might have taken him in a in a best ball, but other than that, I have him on no dynasty team. So I'm going to have to try to find a way to, to change that. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta hit up those owners and you just gotta uh, hammer that bad offensive line narrative to them and just scare them off them. So <laughs> yeah, that's I'll you work know just. On that. Yeah, that's how you do. I mean, it's kind of hard, though, whenever you contact an owner and you're trying to say negative points about the player you want. It doesn't yeah. usually work out in your favor too often, but who knows? You never know. Right. I'm, I'm always I've been a high volume trader in most of my leagues, so I usually I get a lot of the deals done. Yeah, the, you and me both. Uh, I, I think I just one of my more recent rookie drafts, I think I made about five to six trades within the first two days of the draft so i'm right there with you dude we just did a super flex startup and um it was i think we had it it was like back in towards the end of may i have already been involved in over 40 trades <laughs> oh my goodness man i have a i, I have a problem but <laughs> that, that's what the off that's what the lull of the off season will do to you man that's that's what it is you got i mean they always say don't make trades because you're bored but it's like what else is there to do so i mean i gotta do something to get the fantasy fix right now Absolutely. Well, Chris, I don't know how you feel about bold takes, but give me one AFC North bold take for 2021. I did. I read this and I, you know, this, I, I am going to go bold here. And this is, um, you know, I think this is a very high powered division. I think that all of these teams are good. I think all of these teams are able to take steps forwards in this year. So my bold take would be that this is with the, um, you know, the extended schedule and the extended amount of teams in the playoffs this is going to be the first time this is bold. So, this, you know, keep this in mind. Nobody attack me on Twitter. Um, this is just a bold take. <laughs> this is going to be the first time in history that we see an entire division make the playoffs in 2021, where there's a, the possible, oh, wow. hopefully the Steelers, but maybe, but probably the Ravens. And then you got the Browns, the, the Bengals, and the Steelers all as a wild card team. That would be insane. And I'm so here for it. Yeah, and if you wanted to talk fantasy implications, my uh, bull, I don't even know if you can call it bull at this, at this point, but it would be Najee Harris being a top five running back. You know what? I mean, with the volume, I, I think I'm, – I'm, I'm thinking at least 275 touches for Najee. With that kind of volume, you think about 300-plus carries. I don't think that's that bold, honestly. I don't either. And that's why I said it's probably not considered a bull take. Another one though, that I could just toss out, you know, I actually, it appears like I do love bull takes. I, I would not be surprised if we really see rookie Rashad Bateman make an impact year one for this Ravens team and really be just emerge as the top pass catching option on this team, even over a guy like Mark Andrews and just find his way into that top 24. So 
Man, I love that take. You know, I don't know how bold you, you, you said you've picked up the show sheet, so you've seen mine. But uh, my bold take is Lamar Jackson will be the league leader in rushing touchdowns in 2021. I can't, I can't hate that. I mean, it's definitely something that could happen that the way that dude runs the ball, it's, it's pretty insane. I always worry that he's going to get popped and it's going to be, you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't wish injury on anybody, even my, even the teams I dislike, but if he is able to run wild, he is a hell of a talent. So that's definitely something that is in the realm of possibility. Yeah. I mean, as a JK Dobbins, uh, owner i would kind of hate that because i feel like that would mean jk dobbins isn't getting a lot of the uh red zone uh touches that i would want but or having a lot of success rather in the red zone but just to see a running back lead the league in rushing tds that'd be that'd be quite a, a sight to see that would absolutely and that would definitely be a mvp caliber on the year so he could be getting his uh second he did he, he did get an mvp is that one a few years ago right yeah, he got one. He he won the MVP two years ago. His first year in the league as a starter, he won the MVP. How crazy is that? I He's guess Patrick Mahomes uh, did the same thing too, right? Or yeah, no, he, yeah, he did. He he won MVP the the year the his first year as a starter, right? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, he had to have because he threw like fifty touchdowns. There's no way he didn't. Right. Okay. I was just trying to. I, I couldn't remember if he uh, had one MVP the same year he won the Super Bowl, but it was one after the other. Quite a start yeah, to the yeah, career, either way. I mean, Mahomes, and that's I, we're looking at, you know, I mean, he's going to be huge for years and years to come. So, but um, that's he's going to be a praise. Good for speaking of the ASC North, that's going to be a headache for every one of these teams for the very long foreseeable future because they got him under contract for that, on that 10 year deal. Okay. So you look at the AFC as a whole, you've got the Chiefs, number one, Bills, number two. Who, who do you have at number three in the AFC, the third best team? Oh man, that's, that is a great question. I do think it would be, you know, one, I, I would have to say it would be one of these AFC North teams, whichever one can really just emerge and solidify themselves as the front runner. I would have to think it could be the Browns or the Ravens, or I seriously, I would not be surprised if Pittsburgh just shocks everybody and comes out and has a great year. And I do think that a underdog team that could really take a massive step forward this year that nobody might be thinking, well, people probably are thinking about it, but I, I think the Chargers could really move in the right direction. I love Justin Herbert. I'm a big oh, yeah. fan. Yes, um, you know, he's definitely, in my opinion, one of the, he's my one of my favorite emerging young quarterbacks. Mm. They got Keenan Allen. And what people don't remember is they have just a juggernaut of a defense. They just lost all the pieces last year to injury and COVID opt-outs. So if they can get that defense healthy and you got um, Stanley coming over from the Sean McVay coaching tree, who's a strong defensive-minded head coach, and, you know, you have high-powered weapons on offense to kind of let Herbert run and command the show, which plus they also got Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. And he's, and he's got – I think he uh, comes from the Sean Payton coaching tree. So they they definitely have a nice little setup going, and they have a, they boosted that offensive line. I would not be surprised to see them emerge as one of the top wildcard teams this year. I'd love to see it because I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert as well. So uh, – I- if health can be on their side for once and what has been at least five years of just injury after injury after injury all off season, I'd like to see that team stay healthy, especially that defense. Yeah. And I mean, you also, it's, you can't ignore the South either with the Titans and the Colts. They're both, um, they're definitely, you know, 
with the Titans adding Julio Jones. It, the AFC really is a tough division to call outside. And I think you have it right with the top two. I do think it's the Bills and I do think it's the Chiefs. And I will say to all the Cleveland Browns fans around here that are, you know, talking about the Bills and how they think that, you know, a lot of the Browns fans here are basically just proclaiming that if they'd have beat the Chiefs, they'd have went on to the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I don't know. That Bills team is pretty good. Yeah. So I do think you're right. It's definitely the Chiefs and the Bills. But as far as who's at number three, it's completely up for grabs, in my opinion. Because, you know, Tennessee, they got Julio now. Yeah. Brian Tannehill's been good. My concern was with that defense, but then flipped the script on the other side of that division with Indy. They got a top caliber defense, and maybe Carson Wentz does have something left. You know, he's back with his original head coach that kind of knew how to get the most out of him. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be fun to see what this AFC as a conference has as a whole this year. Definitely nice to see a lot more balance throughout the league overall. I agree with that. Definitely. And it's definitely nice to see the Patriots not at the top on anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But hey, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on Mac Jones. I, I, I'm looking forward to that training camp battle. And you think about the players they brought back, you know, they're bringing back to add to that defense. And then uh, they're, the pieces they brought uh, on offense and on the offensive line, I, I think they could make some noise as well. They absolutely could. And, you know, I'm really pulling for Mac Jones to win that job because if he does, that's going to shoot up a, one of my favorite sleeper prospects and Damian Harris, in my opinion, because yes, that's same. Cause that's going to take Cam Newton away from that goal line and let him right. get those carries. So, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what Mac Jones can do. I, you know, I'm not hating on him the way a lot of people are. I want to see what the kid has. Yeah. I, like I do as well. Well, Chris, I appreciate uh, you coming on, man. I enjoyed the discussion uh, before we get you out of here. Can you let the people know you touched on it earlier about your podcast and uh, where, where they can find it? Yeah, so we I, I'm on the Hitstick Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find us on all social medias at Hitstick Fantasy. That's on Twitter, Instagram, on Facebook, and you can find me personally at Hitstick Chris on Twitter. Feel free to just hit me up and talk football. As you guys can all see, I definitely love to ramble on. So, <laughs> but um, I do appreciate you having me on tonight, man. Paul it was a great time. Uh, definitely got to come back on in the future, and we definitely got to get you on Hitstick and you know get some of your takes over there as well. Yeah, Chris, again, I appreciate it, man. I, I enjoyed chopping it up with you. You know your stuff, and you were you were uh, fun to talk with, man. Same here, man. So thanks again. Well, guys, again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.